Does Lamar Jackson have a master plan to make the Baltimore Ravens offense unstoppable? We talk about that. Dive into another full Ravens seven-round mock draft that includes a trade down. We'll also get into more mock drafts from Twitter. Talk about Ravens draft needs and so much more coming up next here on this Monday edition of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker, Ravens Wire, and we're here as always on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here with us, making us your first listen each and every day here on Locked on Ravens. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts in audio form or in video form on YouTube. It's free to subscribe both in video form and in audio form. And today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your football franchise, this game is definitely for you. Not only games is at ultimate-gm.com. Look it up on the app stores. Our listeners got a 100% free boost to their franchise using the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game. And we are a daily five-day-a-week Ravens podcast, so Ravens news, analysis, updates. We have it here for you. Again, I mentioned video form, audio form. We're only we're allowed less than actually 250 subscribers away from 4,000 on YouTube. So thank you, everybody, for that and for all your support in video form and in audio form. Thank you for the support on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. If you have a friend, be sure to throw them our way here over at Locked On Ravens if they want daily Ravens content or a family member. If you have a family member who wants Ravens content and is a Ravens fan, be sure to send them over here to Locked On Ravens. But here today, I'm planning to talk about on the show is we're going to get into something that kind of happened over the weekend-ish. It came out. On Friday, Michael Lombardi, the, the clip of him talking about on the Lombardi line, the show, maybe Lamar Jackson's master plan to making the Ravens offense unstoppable. We'll talk about that, what it could mean, if it is true or not. And, and we'll get into, if it is true, how they could potentially make it work or why they weren't able to make it work. So we'll talk about Lamar's master plan potentially in that first segment. Then in the second segment, we'll move in. We have, it's another mock draft Monday here. The draft now less than two weeks away. We'll be talking about a full seven-round mock draft that I did. We did our trade-up scenario last week. This week, it is our trade-down scenario. So I'll get into what I did, why I made the trade like that. I thought I made out pretty well, and it's also a very wide receiver-heavy draft. So we'll talk about that in the second segment. Then finally, we'll be moving into Ravens draft needs still. is where Again, the Ravens haven't necessarily signed a ton of people. Two wideouts from the outside, the organization, and also a bunch of re-signings. But we'll just do a quick few minutes on that. Then we'll get into some mock drafts. From Twitter. So let's dive into the content here now. Starting off with potentially Lamar Jackson's master plan to making the Baltimore Ravens offense unstoppable. So Michael Lombardi on the show, the Lombardi line, put out a, a clip. There was a clip that was clipped of him talking about Lamar in the Ravens and Odell and DeAndre Hopkins. And so the clip that was taken, quote, I was told reliably by somebody who was involved. Lamar told them in a conversation get Hopkins and get Beckham, and then we can talk. And the club went back to him and said, look, we can't get Hopkins and Beckham. And, and, you know, the quote goes on a little bit, talks about how they went out there, they got him, Beckham. But, you know, essentially, if this is true, Lamar pretty much, this plan Lamar has is, you know, 
getting DeAndre Hopkins, getting Odo Beckham. And then apparently he'll say, Hey, you know what? Let's sit down. Let's have a conversation then. So if this is true, and I know Michael Lombardi is a former NFL executive. Some people believe this to be very credible. Others don't find it credible whatsoever, but the concept itself is interesting and worth talking about because we talked about DeAndre Hopkins last week. And if DeAndre Hopkins would be next, I know there's been a bunch of rumblings about whether he is going to come to the Ravens, how realistic it is. And we talked about that on Thursday. So show. So if you haven't checked that out, highly recommend that show, but regardless the Ravens now, I guess they have, it's somewhat of a choice in, in a way where they could restructure some guys. Let's just say the Lamar extension for this year is off the table. And let's just say he plays on the franchise. Side. Let's go with that route for this scenario. If that happens, the Ravens still have avenues to clear up cap space. They can extend guys. They can restructure guys. You know, Mar- Marlon Humphrey and Mark Andrews and, and Roquan Smith and some of those bigger contracts. Ronnie Stanley, that's another one. They can free up money that way. And then if you do that, I mean, they're, they're going to have to essentially, for some of these moves like the rookie class, and if they want to add veteran corners after bring back a Justin Houston, they're going to have to do a restructure or two, I feel like. So if they decide to, to make some of these restructures and they free up, let's just give them, let's just say 20 million, 25 million in cap space. DeAndre Hopkins currently has a $19 million cap hit. You have Odell in this one year deal worth up to 18 million, 15 guaranteed, but obviously the void years come into effect there with, you know, if the extension isn't reached in 2024, it's, it's an 11 million dead cap hit for 2024. If it is, then you can put out that signing bonus, the guaranteed money, for those next four years until 2027 at right around 2.6, 2.7 million. So you have that, but with DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, the contract is pretty hard to fit in. And that's probably why the Ravens in this situation, what Michael Lombardi said, told them, they said, look, we can't get Hopkins and Beckham. And I'm sure the reason they said that is because Beckham was looking for the deal that he got. And I think a lot of people are still shocked that Odell got the deal that he got from the Ravens. I mean, good for Odell and getting it, but People classify it as an overpay. I, I also classify it as an overpay. I think it was a necessary one. I don't think it's a bad move because it was an overpay. But I still think that with the deal the Ravens gave Odell, that's what he was looking for on the market. Maybe they had to, maybe they had to bring that price down a little bit themselves, and Odell was looking for even more. It was reported he was looking for $20 million earlier in the offseason. So we'll see. You know, Maybe won't. I don't know if that information will ever come out. But regardless, now – you have Odell wanting that type of deal. Then DeAndre Hopkins, $19 million for this year in, in base salary. Plus, you got to give up something to get him. You know, obviously, a lot of people were talking about, well, it's going to be a first or a second round pick. I don't think at this point, the Cardinals, the way they're going, I think they'd be lucky if they got a third for him. I'm not knocking his talent. I think DeAndre Hopkins would be an incredible add to this wide receiver room. And we talked about it on Thursday. Just imagine it the offense of DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham. And, and Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay, then that's just the receiver room. You have Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins and Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely, and obviously hopefully Lamar's there too. But this to me signals, at least you know if this is true, that Lamar has been unhappy with the way the Ravens have handled the wide receiver position over the last couple of years. That's not a knock on a guy like Rashad Bateman or, you know, Marquise Brown, the Ravens did what Lamar wanted him to in the 2019 draft when the Ravens asked him, hey, who do you want us to go get wide receiver wise? Lamar said Marquise Brown in this year's draft or Jerry Judy in next year's draft. They got a Marquise Brown. It didn't go the way that I think a lot of people wanted it to, especially Lamar in Hollywood. But 
it's been the lack of veteran acquisitions, the lack of veteran talent, or at least proven veteran talent, where we've had the conversation. We know what the, the Bills did for Josh Allen with Stephon Diggs, what the Cardinals did for Kyler Murray with DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown, what the Eagles did for Jalen Hurts with A.J. Brown. It's, it's those types of moves. Odell is that kind of move. Is, is he on the level of an A.J. Brown or Stephon Diggs at this point in his career? Probably not. I think he's probably a step below that, right? But I still think that getting him at least one, because is it is it realistic? Is, is it really realistic that the Ravens can go get DeAndre Hopkins after giving Odell that money? I don't think it's uber realistic unless they move a lot of money around and neglect the rest of their needs and just try to fill those in the draft, which I don't think is an impossible route to go. But I think at this point, bring him back in Marcus Peters, bring him in a Rocky scene at corner, getting a guy like a Justin Houston back. Is that going to cost you 15 million? No, you know, it's not going to cost you that much, but you probably have room for one more big move with, or at least medium move with the potential restructures you have. Are you going all in on that for a wide receiver? If it makes Lamar Jackson happy, it might be worth it. You know, definitely. I, I, I think adding a DeAndre Hopkins would truly make this Ravens offense unstoppable with those pieces plus Todd Munkin and you bring him back a guy like Lamar Jackson. I mean, I mean, I'm for DeAndre Hopkins coming to Baltimore. I don't want to put the energy out there that I'm not, but realistically, I just, I don't know how realistic it is, but it seems like this was, or is whether it's past or present, Lamar Jackson's big plan, getting DeAndre Hopkins, getting Odell, and then we can talk. So if, if that gets Lamar to the table, if Odell wasn't enough to get Lamar back to the table, I would hope it would be, especially if the Ravens communicated to him, look, it's just not possible for us to get both these guys. It's super intriguing, though, because of like if, if DeAndre Hopkins is going to be the guy where Lamar's dug in and he's like, nope, it has to be both. That's that. You know, I want both these guys, and then I'll talk with you. If that's the case it's probably worth it to go out there and try to get a guy like DeAndre Hopkins just to try to put an end to this situation. Plus, you know, at that point, you're starting to invest that money in the offensive side of the ball that I know has been very heavily invested in the defensive side of the ball for many, many years now, especially in that secondary as we talked about the Ravens going out there and, you know, trying to get a Darius Slay. And he, he's a member of that now all almost Ravens first team. And then you have a guy like a Cortland Sutton, where it feels like the Ravens pivoted to Odell after Cortland Sutton, if those reports were true. That's why personally, I feel like the Ravens were only going to get one of these guys only where they're only going to get one of these veteran receivers and not go after multiple. Now things can change. Things can happen, but with the draft coming up, I think you can still get Lamar an extra weapon in that class, without having to pay a massive amount of base salary and a massive amount of, potential draft capital. I don't, I don't really think it'd be that much of, of draft capital. Regardless, what Baltimore has to kind of weigh and throw up in the air is where is it worth it to get to put the rest of the money, to invest the rest of that money in cap space in because three veteran signings this offseason or acquisitions this offseason, my plan was two and two. I'm not saying it can't be three and one, especially for a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. You can make exceptions. <laughs> I think it'd be cool if they did, but just realistically, I keep going back to just the word realistically. I don't think it's that realistic that DeAndre Hopkins comes to Baltimore, even if it'd be cool, even if it'd be awesome, because I think it would be. I think Odell was the big veteran splash move at wide receiver. It was either DeAndre Hopkins or Odell or Cortland Sutton. I don't think I don't think and was ever in that. I think it was or and not and there. But hey, Lamar had a vision. Lamar had a plan. If it seems like if this is true. 
and credit to him for saying, you know, hey, you know what? This is this is what I feel like we should do. This is what I want. And Ravens, obviously, with the way their roster is constructed, said, eh, probably probably can't get both those guys. But hey, we'll go out there and give you one. I think hopefully that showed Lamar that, you know, they were willing to at least listen to what he had to say and say, look, we can't get you both. But here's one. Is that enough? And we'll see if it's enough. We'll see if it's enough to get him back to the table. Still have 100 players on the franchise tag this year, but we will see. Odell's a member of the Ravens. DeAndre Hopkins is not. So maybe maybe DeAndre becomes a member sooner rather than later. But I, I, if I had like to give a prediction, I'd probably say Hopkins goes somewhere else or even stays in Arizona this year. But if he's cut, if he's cut, it's a different story. I would give it a much more realistic shot if he was cut as opposed to being traded by Arizona. But coming up in our second segment, we'll be diving into a full seven-round Ravens mock draft, talking about my trade-down scenario. So we should have stayed since the last dive into Unlocked on Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. And you've heard me talk about this mobile game app a ton. And if you ever thought you'd make a good GM, you have to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty. And when you play Ultimate Football GM, you have to control the manager, every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory. Trying to build a historic dynasty. And there are so many consequences you could have in this game. Good bad decisions can lead to some consequences and you know it's a really good experience for a lot of people too because you can really make a ton of different areas of your team either really good or really bad as i I have experienced in the game and it's it's really fun it's super immersive and you can do a ton and once it's downloaded you don't even need wi-fi to play it and if you have friends or family you can even play it with them as well with also in football gm you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators managing all the finances including negotiating player salaries and terms you also navigate your franchise through free agency the draft injuries player personnel issues and all the ups and downs of the season all this in a challenging, realistic game world. Doesn't football jam is free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on Ravens. This is get a 100% free boost of their franchise. You use the promo code locked on and all caps in the game store. That's locked on and all caps. Make sure to check it out today. Not only is it ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate football jam. Start your dynasty today. We are back here. Our second segment, Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostraker still here with you again. Thank you so much for tuning in with us, making us your first listen of the day. And be sure to keep it here, Locked On Ravens, throughout the rest of the week. We'll be talking about the draft. We'll be talking about Odell, obviously Lamar as well. So plenty of Ravens content. Be sure to subscribe for free, both audio and video form. But let's now dive into my seven-round Ravens mock draft. And this is one I actually I really liked this one. I, I did go... A little wide receiver heavy. I got lost in the excitement of wide receivers. So I'll, I'll tell you where I should have probably taken a different position <laughs> instead of a wide receiver. But again, we did our trade up mock draft last week. If you haven't checked out that show, be sure to check it out. But now we're doing the trade down one. And so I did this on the PFN Pro Football Network Simulator. And this it's, it's actually a really immersive one, honestly, because what happens in this mock draft simulator is it's not just you who makes the trade. CPUs can trade with other CPUs. So the teams you're not controlling can trade with each other. And, and that's what happened here, where I traded down from 22. I got pick 43, pick 53, and a 2024 Chicago second. I traded with Chicago and got those picks. But how Chicago got pick 43 was they traded pick 9 for pick 13 and pick 43. And then in the deal that I did with them, 22 for 43, 53, and a 2024 Chicago second, which I, I would put maybe anywhere from 40 to 50. So essentially three top 55 picks 
for pick 22. Now you're moving down 21 spots. So, you know, you're, you're moving to the middle of the second round. But as I have said, and I'll stay consistent saying it, I think this draft, once you hit late first to early to mid third, there are a lot of guys. There are a lot of guys there that I think could really, really be good. So I think you can still get a late first round player at 43 and then have a second round pick to also spend. Plus you have the 2024 Chicago second, which gives you extra draft capital for next year. So I think 53 is, I think Baltimore's original pick that they traded for Roquan Smith, if I'm not mistaken, but regardless, then, you know, we actually get into the actual picks I made. Josh Downs was the guy I decided to pick at number 43, the North Carolina wide receiver. Josh Downs is someone I think is right on the cusp of like right at the end of the first round, but I think he'll be taken in the first few picks of the second round. Him falling to 43, I don't think is super realistic, but again, if the mock draft simulator gives it to you, you take it. Now, Downs is a slot receiver. You know, he he's a very dynamic player. He was productive in college as well. He can really win at all three levels of the defense too. His route running is really, really good too. So the Ravens already, Rashad Bateman, Odell, they have a ton of great route runners. This adds to that. And also, you know, the way that he does that is he's a very good stop-start player, you know, changing directions very well also. He also is somebody who is can go over the football, contested catch guy. He can play bigger than he is right now. You know, he's not a super – like he's 5'10", so he's not like the biggest guy in the world. It's more on the smaller side, 171. But he can play a lot bigger than his size. So if, if, if you're somebody who doesn't like the – you know, super small wide receivers. Josh Downs might not be for you, but I think the talent on the film definitely shows that he will be a very solid player at this level. Now, as a run blocker, obviously the size does give him a couple of difficulties in there. But look, he's dynamic in space. He's a good route runner. And obviously, you know, he he's best as a slot receiver. You can put him outside if you want to. I personally wouldn't. But to me, you're getting an, an explosive athlete. He's good in space, as I talked about with run after the catchability. There are some drops that you see on film, but I think that can be corrected. So at 43, with already having Odell, I think you can work Josh Downs into a role, especially with Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay is your other complimentary pieces there. And Bateman, I think, isn't just a complimentary piece. He can be a star. But, you know, what I'm saying is like these young players, you can work into roles. Now you have that flexibility with an Odell. So I like the picket of Josh Downs at 43. Then at 53, I took Emmanuel Forbes, the corner from Mississippi State. Now, some people don't like Forbes and his size, six feet, 180 pounds. You know, he, he's more on the slim side, but he, he has a very aggressive play style and sometimes – that can be over aggressive, but he is someone who ball production is incredible. He also can play in a bunch of different looks. He's very versatile in terms of the coverage that he can provide and good instincts. He has really good instincts as well. And he also makes plays on the football too. It's not just that he's all around, but he makes plays all the time. And also his over aggressive play style means he, he is going in hot. He makes tackles. He is a very aggressive tackler throwing his body around everywhere too so again there might be some issues with him it's almost like Tyra Linderbaum where sometimes bigger physical players could cause some issues for him because Linderbaum is more of I guess an undersized center but the skill is there Forbes maybe some bigger physical receivers would give him problems but the skill is there and I think for the Ravens some people look at Forbes as a late first round prospect so getting him at 53 kind of at the end of the second round I think would be a very good value pick for them then at 86, I took Jonathan Mingo, the wide out from Ole Miss. So two out of three picks already wide receivers. And Mingo is somebody, you know, 
Josh Downs more on the smaller side. Mingo's a big guy, 6'2", 225. I've picked him in one or two of my mock drafts here already. He has the run after the catch ability. Yeah, he's a big playmaker too. Not a huge separator, but I don't I don't think the Ravens necessarily need that skill set with guys like Odell and Rashad Bateman, and even a guy like Josh Downs in this situation in the scenario on their roster. So I think that like it's almost like Downs and, and Mingo complement each other really well. I think the weaknesses of one are the strengths of the other. So that to me, if you're looking at two wideouts, that's a reason. And just, plus, I think Mingo's gonna be really good. So I, I liked getting those two guys. Then I decided to maybe go with an untraditional pick here. 124, I went, I went with DeMarvion Overshone, the linebacker from Texas. Now, this is a player that overall, the athletic profile for him is incredible. You know, great size and length to him. He's 6'4", 224. He has the athleticism and the speed to keep up at the NFL level. Also, his tackling style, super violent. Super aggressive, but that does lead to some inconsistencies there, some missed tackles, which do show up on film. Now, the lack of mass can be an issue, too, to have him consistently playing linebacker at the NFL level, so you may be able to move him around a little bit. He's also not necessarily wonderful against the run, but again, this is an athlete you can take a, you can take a swing on. The Ravens love athletic players. You know They have shown that they prioritize athletic skill sets over potentially these college production traits in analytics sometimes that people show and the Ravens are a big analytics team don't get me wrong but he's able to burst the line of scrimmage very well and you know you have the size and the speed he's super super intriguing and it's just the ability for teams to capitalize on the versatility he potentially has and the Ravens have done that with some of their players and I feel like it would be a really good landing spot for him so I would be totally okay with this pick personally then I end up going, I got, I got excited. I should have taken a corner here, but I went wide receiver instead. 157 tank Dell wide receiver from Houston, super small, 5'10, 155. So he's kind of like in the Josh Downs profile, but again, he is a playmaker. He has big playability, special teams. Also, he can be a contributor there, but there are the injury concerns, the frame concerns, you know, the fact that he might only have a limited role at the NFL level. I really like him as a prospect. He also seems to be one of Lamar's favorites in this class. So could, could be an option for them. If he, I think he won't go like he'll go before 157, but it, I, sh- I should have taken a corner here. I should have done two wide receivers, two corners, but I, I got caught up in it. I don't, I don't hate tank Dell as a player. I really like him actually, but a corner is a need here and three wide receivers after signing Odell. I don't think it's going to happen. I would take two max personally. So Went against my grain a little bit, but I still like Tank Dell a lot as a prospect. Then finally, I took Yaya Diaby, the edge from Louisville, at pick number 199. And again, edge, I think, is a sneaky need for them. If they can take a developmental edge prospect, I'd, I'd be totally okay with that. He had nine sacks in 2022. He's someone who he has really good strength in the upside as a pass rusher, but he's not a great run defender. He plays stiff sometimes. And sometimes the IQ, you know, the, the football awareness isn't necessarily there. So I think that, look, he, he needs improvements in some areas, but I think the Ravens, if they bring back Justin Houston and have the trio of Tyus Bowser, Rodafe Owe, and David Ajabo, they can afford to give a guy like A.I. Diaby some time to grow into his role and not necessarily need to use him a ton in his first or even second years as he kind of grows into a role. And I think he'd be a very good player. He has shown the ability to be a good player who has the traits, the intangibles and the football awareness, but he just, he just has to put it all together. I think there are just too many inconsistencies to say, yeah, this guy can contribute day one, but I think if you give him the time, he can be a really solid 
NFL contributors. So that was my trade down. Plus, obviously, I got the 2024 Chicago second there. So I like the value in the trade down. I know some people might think it's too much to trade down 21 spots as opposed to maybe trading down just to the end of the first round or early second. But I think getting a second round pick in that deal and a trade down is really important alongside an end of the first round pick. And I just couldn't find those deals anywhere. Plus getting the 2024 Chicago second, I think is really important. So that was my seven rounder. And we're going to get into mock drafts from Twitter in the final segment here on Locked on Ravens, plus a little bit about Baltimore's draft needs. So be sure to stay tuned to Locked on Ravens on Locked on Ravens. We return here a Monday edition Locked on Ravens. Kevin Ostriker here with you for the final segment here on April 17th after a big Denver Nuggets playoff victory. I, I got to give my, my team a shout out, Denver beating Minnesota in game one. It was a blowout. Uh, it's NBA playoffs. We had a good first or game one of the NBA playoffs all across the board. A lot of good game ones, but uh, very happy the Nuggets won. And if you want to subscribe to Locked On Ravens to hear my, my Nuggets talk, be sure to hit that subscribe button both in audio and video form. We also do some Ravens talk here if you didn't know. But Nuggets also, they're my team, so I got to give them a shout out. But Let's now talk about for a minute or two the Ravens draft needs, and we'll get into some mock drafts from Twitter. And the Ravens draft needs, you know, needs change throughout the course of an offseason. The Ravens really haven't that much, though. I think they did with Odell because I think it necessarily doesn't pigeonhole them anymore into taking a wide receiver in the first round. I think if they didn't sign Odell and they just went into the draft with Bateman and Duvernay and Aguilar, et cetera, I think they should have taken a wide receiver there. I think if they didn't, it wouldn't have been great. But now with Odell, you can still take a wide out in the first round and be fine. And that'd be totally okay. But I think a corner is where I lean either corner or trade down. I'd say trade down. Number one, corner number two, if it's a no brainer, like a Joey Porter jr. Well, if, if it's Joey Porter jr, that goes that, that autom- automatically had a pulse to number one. But again, trade down one corner two, wide receiver three. And then if none of those are available, then, I just maybe maybe an edge, maybe a running back. Yeah, I'll duck for that. I always duck for the running back one. But I don't know because you can still like an edge could be a mid-round pick. You know, running back could be a mid-round pick. I think in the first round, unless you have to really, really, really reach for a guy. And if that's the case, you can just trade down. You can just trade down, get more assets, and that's totally okay because you can either maneuver with those assets over the course of the rest of the draft weekend or or you can actually take guys with those picks because as I've talked about, and I, I put it on Twitter yesterday, the Ravens have five picks this year. They had six fourth round picks in 2022. <laughs> so kind of a ridiculous stat there. But so I think Baltimore is, is going to take it. I feel like in, in, in my gut, in my heart, I feel like Baltimore is going to take a corner or trade down. If there's a wide receiver there, they could definitely take him. But that, that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. But let's get into some mock drafts from Twitter here. First, we'll get into one from Katie Santander, who has the Ravens taking Deontay Banks, corner from Maryland at 22. Keanu Benton, the defensive tackle from Wisconsin at 86. Tank Dell, Houston wide receiver at 124. Andrew he's offensive guard from USC. And Thomas Nkoum, the edge from Central Michigan. I think I've talked I think I've talked about every one of these players except for Keanu Benton, who I, I, I think is a very good defensive tackle prospect, but I really like Deontay Banks. I think he's going to be really, really good. Tank Dell, he's, again, on the smaller side, as we talked about, but I think has the explosive playmaking ability to be a uh, really good player at the NFL level. Andrew Voorhees, 
suffered that injury at the combine, but I still think he's going to be really good. And Thomas and Kuhn is that developmental edge guy I kind of talked about. So good on Katie for doing that. So I like this one. I think getting it's, it's one position. So you one corner, one wide out, one guard, one edge, one defensive tackle, but that's okay. You, you don't have to double dip at a position. I think if you get the value here, like Katie does, that makes it all worth it. And then you can go out there and sign another corner. You can sign another edge if you want to. So good one here from Katie. I, I like this one. Next one we'll do KB Hero, who says deviate. He has the Ravens trading down to 23 to take Deontay Banks, the corner from Maryland. Then Emilio Coyer Jr., the guard from Alabama, 86. Andre Isavis, the Princeton wide receiver at 124. Corey Trice Jr., the corner from Purdue at 157. Marty Mapu, the linebacker from Sacramento State at 158. And Stetson Bennett, the quarterback from Georgia at 199. And someone pointed it out. Someone pointed it out in the comments. I kept saying Stenson Bennett for like probably two months because I, I thought it was Stenson when I first saw his name, like way, 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 way back. And then I'm like, okay, it's Stetson. And then I reverted back to Stenson for some reason. I don't know why. It is Stetson Bennett. I will say it right now. <laughs> I've I've been made aware. So I appreciate that. But Stetson Bennett is the is the Todd Munkin special. I'll just leave it at that for that pick. But Deontay Banks, I just talked about, really like him. I think him, Cam Smith, Jordan Porter Jr. is the dream. They have a bunch of those players in that first round that they could look at there. Banks is one of them. Then getting a guard at 86, obviously Ben Powers leaving does open up a hole in that offensive line. Andre Yusuf, this is actually one of my favorite mid-round wide receivers. He's someone who, you know, you, you look at Princeton, you're like, oh, who who's come out of Princeton? Who who can play, who plays for Princeton? But Andre Yusuf is actually very, very good. Has the size and speed profile. He, he's going to be good, I think. So I like this pick a lot. Then doubling down at corner, I still think it's okay to do that, definitely. And then linebackers, potentially a need, depending on what happens with Patrick Queen there so this is a good one here from kb hero next let's do one from akai who has a trade down this is a second round trade down here with felix anudike uzoma at 34 and how the ravens got 34 this is a big one they traded deandre hopkins well the cardinals traded deandre hopkins the 34th pick the 66th pick and the 168th pick to the ravens for patrick queen the 22nd pick and a third in 2024 Ooh, that's that's a lot to unpack we'll get back to that so we got 34 Four, yep, Felix under DK Uzoma. Then Antonio Johnson, the Texas AM safety at 66. Dorian Williams, two lane linebacker at 86. Anthony Johnson Jr., the Iowa State safety at 124. Jose Ramirez, the Houston Michigan edge at 157. Dorian Thompson Robinson, the UCLA quarterback at 168. And Anthony Bradford, the LSU guard at 199. So this is actually very unconventional. This is one that I don't, this is a type of mock draft I don't think I've seen before. The trade itself. I don't necessarily hate it. I mean, getting DeAndre Hopkins and the 34th pick for Queen in 22, if we just kind of sort it out that way, and then kind of punting on the third round pick next year to get one this year. I don't hate that. I mean, I, maybe you, I don't know. I think it depends how you feel about Patrick Queen, honestly. Like if you really like Patrick Queen, you want him to be in Baltimore, you might think that's an overpay. But if you think Queen's on the out anyway, and you're getting DeAndre Hopkins and the 34th pick, you might really like that trade. And then you get a couple of defensive back prospects with Antonio Johnson and Anthony Johnson. So the, the Johnson twins there. And then linebacker, edge, there is no wide receiver in this draft because DeAndre Hopkins was the wide receiver. So that, that was the Ravens draft pick, the, the pick was DeAndre Hopkins. So this is unconventional. I, I don't, I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Like I, I'm not mad at it. I think that there's still, this is a needs-based draft. You know, it doesn't say like cornerback, like absolute, you know, pure cornerback, but these guys, it feels like defensive back, like safeties, corners, 
the position is getting so much more versatile where like you can plug and play guys in a lot of different places. And so guys like Antonio Johnson and Anthony Johnson, it's not like, Oh, well, they're only saviors. They're only corners. I feel like these guys can play in multiple different positions too. So I I'd say this is solid. You know, I'd, I'd give it a solid like B here. And I, that's actually what PFF gave it. I didn't even look at the grade. It's a, a solid B here from Kai. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked On Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm going to get back here tomorrow. More Ravens, more Odell, more Lamar. Be sure to subscribe, follow along. So I will see you back here tomorrow on Locked On Ravens.